Welcome back to another episode of T-10, everybody. We have a bit of a new opening here for you. I want to give some context to today's conversation with Dr. Mandeep Sahani. Uh, we had a great conversation. I know you're going to enjoy. But first, I want to give you some context to who he is and what he does. I've known Dr. Sahani for a couple of years now. He's one of the most forward-thinking nephrologists I've been lucky enough to meet, always thinking about five, ten years ahead, and of course, one of the reasons we connected through our work at Icona with virtual reality. Uh, but Dr. Sahani has been with Desert Kidney Associates for 17 years, where he currently serves as CEO and CIO. In addition to that role with EKA, Dr. Sahani is a clinical instructor with Mayo Clinic. He serves as an executive board member for Twin Epidemic, a nonprofit in Phoenix that aspires to create sustainable communities by preventing the epidemic of diabetes and heart disease in underserved populations. And Dr. Sahani serves as Chief Medical Officer of Telenef, a company using telenephrology to bring dialysis care to local community hospitals. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Dr. Sahani. All right, welcome back to the show, Dr. Sahani. It's always good to see you. Uh, I, I, I want to start out here and, and give you a chance to, to share your background, I know we have known each other for a couple of years, but you've been practicing in, in kidney care for decades, and I'd love to have you give kind of a high level of what you're working on today, because I know you're a busy man with all kinds of projects, but please, if you would, give us a sense of uh, what your day-to-day -day is like these days. Fantastic. Well, good to see you again, Tim, and thanks for for having me on, on the show, uh, and thanks for giving me the opportunity to sort of express uh, where what what's currently happening in kidney care, as well as how I see us as nephrologists fitting into the multiple myriad of changes that are coming down our specialty, as well as being able to leverage technology in such the companies that Icona brings and others that can help not only educate our patients but also uh, impact the delivery of healthcare. So so thanks for that. I just want to say that before we start. So you said currently, so I'm actually sitting here at the dialysis unit, which is on the, the Pima Indian Reservation outside of uh, Phoenix in a, in a small town called Levine. This is their, their dialysis unit that they own and they operate themselves. It's a wholly independent and I'm acting as their medical director. I've been here for the last, uh, this particular unit since uh, 2011, so about the last uh, 11 years. And I've been serving this population here in the community since 2004, so about 18 years now. Uh, uh, like you pointed out earlier, there's been tremendous and a lot of changes that have come down. Uh, uh, the, the delivery of CKD and, uh, and ESRD as this relates to the, the renal specialists and also the, the allied uh, uh, ancillary staff, supporting staff. We've seen a tremendous growth and interest of nurse practitioners who are, are taking up this field. Uh, when, I, when I joined back in 2004, there weren't that many, and now you see across the country on an average, every practice has one. Uh, so that's a good welcome change because as you know, nephrologists are a dying breed, and as the burden of kidney disease increases, we need all the help we can get. Speaking of all the help that we can get is, is where folks like you come in. Uh, uh, it, it, we, the initial touch point that happens between uh, a, a chronic disease, chronic kidney disease patient and a nephrologist 
unfortunately is often too late. And by that I mean is it's later in their CKD stages. Uh, we, we by an average see them late CKD stage 3B or 4 for the first time when we prefer to see them in, in CKD stage 3A uh, preferably or even 3B that would be very good for us and the patient. So if we're seeing them late, how do we leverage uh, anything that we have, any tools that we have at our disposal to get them up to speed, get them up to uh, educate them in, in realizing where they are in, in their lives with this, with this chronic kidney disease and how far are they potentially from either a transplant or a dialysis and how soon could we intervene uh, and prevent the progression of that particular stage when we see them. And often it's quite late. As I said, it's usually in the CKD, late 3Bs or 4s. Education plays a really, really important part here. Uh, it, it leverages uh, 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 our time. It, it, it leverages the ability for the patients to come prepared when we have that face-to-face -face interaction with the patient, come prepared with the right amount of questions, with, with in-depth understanding of what exactly uh, where do they fit in this continuum of uh, uh, chronic disease progression and what they can potentially do to slow that down, number one, which is of utmost priority, and also what could potentially lie ahead. So how do they prepare themselves if they are able to uh, see themselves as a perhaps a virtual avatar of themselves in the future, which is I could be on dialysis, I could be doing dialysis at home, I could be doing dialysis at an in-center, or I could be a, a recipient of a kidney transplant. And at the same time, it allows uh, uh, multiple family members and, and caregivers to engage with the patient and the clinician, perhaps at the same time. Fantastic. Uh, and Dr. Zahani, you've covered quite a bit of ground. I, I have one I kind of want to jump in here to what I typically ask around the obstacles. It sounds as though you're very clearly defined, right? So you you wish you could see the patient sooner. Uh, you wish you had opp opportunity to, to give the kind of support that would lead to more questions and a better understanding of what's next. Uh, I'm curious if you can speak to uh, some of the settings, whether you've been a nephrologist in the practice setting your entire career. Uh, can you speak to which settings you've seen personally? Because again, I know you're, you are involved across care settings and have a unique understanding um, beyond what often I've, I've met nephrologists who have say five or 10 years working in the, the practice setting, but um, I'd love to hear more of your kind of broad perspective. But also if you wouldn't mind touching on, I think it's important you mentioned where you are right now in the Phoenix area on reservation just the importance of uh, personalized care for populations. I think within kidney disease, if there's one trend I've learned from people like yourself, it's how important that personalized care is, both at the individual level, but also at the localized and group level. So maybe if you, if you don't mind touching on both of those points and just the importance of meeting patients where they are um, on both of those fronts, I think people would really benefit from hearing that perspective. Uh, and and, and that, that's an excellent question. So, the if if we are able to see them 
uh, all our patients uh, across the board from, from, from wherever background they come. And if you're able to see them at a uh, much earlier stage, then perhaps this experience, what I'm about to share, would not happen, right? So this is when I first started practice about 18 years ago. Uh, for the very first time, I'm seeing a patient, and the news that I've got to give the patient is you've got to start dialysis today, right? And, and the first thing that I, the question that I come back with, come back to me is, tell me why, right? I feel good. I, I am, if, you, if, you, if you're telling me that my kidneys are not working, I'm still making urine, right? I've got no symptoms at all. So what gives you that level of confidence that I've got to get to the hospital right now? So clearly, as you can see in that interaction, there's no trust. I'm seeing him for the first time. His numbers, his kidney numbers, as is on his blood test, clearly indicate that, that he needs to get started on dialysis. His GFR is already less than 10. He looks good. He feels good for that time period. So there is no trust involved. Had I seen this patient even six months ago, right, I would have had the ability to get the, uh, get the patient well-educated, explain to him about what to experience as his progression, uh, as, he, as he proceeds down the CKD stages and also have them prepared to know that you will not experience any symptoms but here is the objective data that without a doubt says that your, your kidney function is decreasing now i've lost that ability particularly when i'm seeing this patient in, in this particular example right so two things happen out of that interview he says thank you let me start dialysis i believe you are i'm going to get a second Right? And he gets a second opinion that could be late, and there's and if he does agree to start dialysis, then there is that eventual catch-up. So he doesn't start dialysis as a healthy patient; it only adds on to his comorbidities. Perhaps will end up in the hospital many more times than before. He starts without a fistula; he or she starts with a dialysis catheter. So I think there in itself, we've lost the opportunity to educate the patient. That if, if and when he's going down this path, our first objective is to slow down that progression. But if he or she does, then he's well, he or she is well prepared. So we can minimize all the other comorbidities that exist. Uh, sometimes that, depending upon the individual patient, uh, that, that, that discourse has to be had maybe just once and he gets it, but has to have had many times, three, four, five times. Uh, technology education such as yours or others becomes a significant enabler, you know, to be able to uh, get to that, that patient at the right time, the right education stage, basically stage dependent, and then that patient will know what to expect. But I think a tool such as yours uh, will create that, that additional uh, uh, experiential, you know, uh, learning capability through 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 a, a virtual reality uh, uh, device. Right. So so that's one uh, one thing that 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 could have benefited that particular patient. Now I recognize that at some touch point somebody has seen that patient before, right? So the ability not only to have uh, this tool available when a patient sees a nephrologist, but it make it ubiquitous, right? So that anybody can access the education 
tool, uh, perhaps at, at a PCP's office, perhaps at, at a at just a, as a search site, perhaps when the patient first finds out what his, uh, what his basic metabolic panel results show. How do we explain how he can analyze and interpret his own his or own results? What is what does a creatinine mean? What does a GFR mean? And walk through that in that patient's own time and in the patient's own uh, ability to comprehend uh, at whatever stage of CKD or disease progression that patient's in. Yeah, thank you for for kind of diving in a bit further there because. I know one thing you've you've taught us, and the reason, you know, thank you for mentioning, kind of VR. Obviously, that's that's how we first connected, in, in a lot of what our work centers around. But it just so happens that it's VR because the discussions with you and others have been about we have to find a way to help patients see themselves in this potential future of theirs, and VR just happens to be a tool that allows us to do that sort of thing um, and make it feel like magic in some ways that is more effective, more impactful than traditional methods, which as you've pointed out, require a lot of time and, and might not be right in terms of timing, right? The sooner you can have this powerful experience that slightly alters the course and allows that individual to see what's ahead, uh, the better. And, and that's one of the reasons we love VR as one particular way to deliver education. Um, and I'm glad you, you talked about kind of what you're excited about. So I, I think as we get into the, the end of this kind of discussion here, optimism is something I always want to kind of pull out of the people I'm talking to, right? I want to understand what is it that makes you, Dr. Sahani, optimistic about the next five years, the next one year, the next 10 years for your patient. And I know that you've, you've already highlighted a few of those uh, aspects around education, but I'm, I'd be curious now more broadly if you could talk to, as a whole, for kidney care, for your patients, for your community, what things are you excited about? And that can be technology around education, that can be something beyond technology and value-based care perhaps, or partnerships with upstream primary care partnerships. I would just love to hear you for, for a couple minutes here talk about what it is that has you and Desert Kidney so excited about what's ahead. So Tim, that, that, that question is very appropriate for the current time, right? So kidney space over the last couple of years has was was hot. Now it's become white hot, right? I think I think as we incorporate uh, and create uh, value-based contracts and also create risk-bearing entities, uh, we we as providers can, can do a lot, lot more. And and by that by that what I mean is. If currently, currently, how uh, the the Medicare Advantage plans or the health plans, they see and how they attribute their lives, and by saying attribute their lives, therefore, the 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 spend, the dollar spend amount for that particular patient or that particular disease, is through the primary care providers. Right? Uh, what we are hoping to see is that shift, at least in this space, in the, in the CKD space and in the ESRD space, that risk in a value-based uh, contract or a risk-bearing entity shift to the nephrologist. Now, when, when that happens, uh, then the nephrologist has to uh, be 100% accountable, 
That means not only for the spend, but of course 100% accountable for the patient, which we always have been, but we have not been 100% accountable for the spend. Now, what that allows us to do is, is create programs that, that we as, as, as nephrologists here know what could definitely help that particular patient I mentioned earlier, had, he, had we had the bells and whistles and the ability, the resources to spend uh, uh, on the, specifically on the education piece for that, that, that particular patient, I think we can make a significant uh, difference in, in, in downstream. So what would be like everyone, uh, would we like to get the word out there is that this is, uh, over these last few years, we have learned as, as nephrologists, how to take risk uh, in, in in the CKD and the and the ESRD space, and we've had uh, significant support from the government as well as they create these new uh, uh, mandatory models and voluntary models in the on the ESRD side and and on the CKD side. Uh, it's gonna it's, it's gonna take time. Uh, not everyone is going to be on board today. Uh, I'm sure down the road we will. Uh, just like anything else, there's going to be early adopters and then there's going to be late comers. But what I see right now is the shift beginning to happen. Right? And, and uh, uh, once again, we can't do this alone. I think technology such as yours will, will enable us, uh, will leverage us to get to where we want and within a finite resource, resource pool. Uh, the, the, there's going to be a, there has to be a confluence on, and fairness where, where a payer cannot take all the risk. Uh, I think that the provider, and in this situation, CKD, ESRD situation, the provider being a nephrologist, has to partake in taking some of the risk and the accountability. And I think if, if that's done correctly, Keeping, keeping the patient in the center, the sole beneficiary here, uh, we will be able to generate savings and those savings should be shared. So as, as we, as we uh, the way we think about this is, we have two contracts to fulfill, right? First and foremost is a social contract with the patient, right? And secondly is the, a commercial contract with, with investors and also contributors such as you. Right, you bring the technology. We got to fulfill. You have to get your ROI on on your on your commercial investment as well. But if you just lead with one or the other, we're not successful. I think we have to merge the ability to have a, a successful social contract and a commercial contract. And I think if we create uh, a, a risk-bearing entity, keeping those two principles in mind, there's no reason why we shouldn't be successful. I love that. And uh, I, I know we're going to put a, a bookmark in that because those two contracts are so important. And of course, my opinion, the opinion of Icona and as, as an organization is the more we can also align with you, the care providers on those two contracts, the better for all. And I think anyone who is aspiring to add value and ROI in the commercial contract must also be trying to contribute on the social contract and hold that first and foremost. So that's one of the reasons we gravitate to, to wanting to work with you and learning from you. And we, we really do appreciate always taking the opportunity to, to help us understand your, your world a bit better. Um, Dr. Sahani, we're, we're at the end of time here, but before we go, I wanna make sure people have a chance to connect with you after this. 
for those listening and wanting to, to get to know you a bit better. So where can people find you? What's the best way to connect with you after this? Fantastic. And uh, we'll make sure if you have any social channels or other ways people can, can kind of connect. We do have show notes. We'll make sure that all goes in the notes um, along with all of the programs that you just mentioned, kidney care choices model. We'll put all that information in the notes so that anyone will have a reference who's listening to this episode. But uh, Dr. Zahani, thank you for, for joining us on T-10. Always a pleasure talking to you and uh, already excited to connect again soon. Fantastic. Thank you, Tim.